looking at the beginnings of the modern Classico, mixture with an ever-increasing rivalry and tension. And it's Jose Callion who takes the corner. Koulibaly! He's done it! Kalidou Koulibaly for Napoli! It is an absolutely priceless goal! Neapolitan joy in Turin! The race is on. Napoli beat the champions in Turin. Lovely notes from Giuseppe Verde. It's time for another edition of Syria Sit Down. This is World Football Index podcast designed by fans for fans of Calcio at the highest level. As you can tell, I'm not Frank Cavello. With Benevento pulling another shocker, Frank is busy cooling off somewhere. So I'm the only regular on today. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Thank you for tuning in. This was the biggest game on the Syria calendar this weekend was number one Juventus and their four-point lead hosted number two Napoli at the Lions Stadium, or as we continue to call it at Syria, set down the J Stadium. I was hoping to have a little Juve-Napoli back and forth, but schedules didn't work out for the Juve fan. I was able to get a Napoli supporter, though, and a rabid one at that. Co-host of Sempre SSC Napoli, a father of huge Napoli fans, a barber who was born and raised in Yonkers, New York, a lifelong Napoli fan whose first words in this world were Forza Napoli. Syria sit down welcomes the charismatic Raffaella Rispo. Benvenuto, Rafa. Ciao, ciao. Grazie, Richard. How are you today? I'm doing well, but not as well as you are. Not as eh, not as well as I am. Right <laughs> now. I, I can't. The feelings that I have are indescribable even even now. I, I don't think I've stopped smiling since uh, 4.45 Eastern Standard Time. Um, and uh, uh, the the elation that we had, um, you know, it's, it's popping up all over the world. Um, uh, Naples is a mob scene and Sempre SSC Napoli podcast was uh, the most fun that we've all ever had doing the show. Um, so yeah, ju- jubilation isn't the word to describe it, man. For those of you who have been living on a rock today, uh, Napoli got back into the Scudetto race in an emphatic way with a win at the J Stadium. Uh, that's uh, so Naples has has gone berserk with uh, with excitement now, um, one point behind, and uh, it's a big game next week too for for both teams. So uh, a lot a lot to play down with these last four matches left. Uh, so. Uh, other than you know Juve and Napoli, what have you uh, what have you had been going on lately? Uh, writing anything for Sempre or what's what's the Sempre boys been up to? Uh, yeah, the the Sempre boys are are hard at work, man. Um, pretty much every day with with the Twitter and the um, you know at SSC Napoli uh, at Sempre SSC Napoli. Uh, James, uh, you know, oh, doing his thing, running running the Twitter, running the show. Uh, Kenny running the website. Um, Marco contributing as much as he can. He's doing, he also does, um, uh, uh, another, another show, uh, Stereo Serie A. Yes, uh, yes. And yeah. And then, um, uh, we also added a new, a new addition, uh, over the past couple of weeks. Uh, we, we, uh, we know him as, uh, at Frank Sidekick yeah. on Twitter. So we just call him Frank 
and um, he he's a, a a blast to to have on. He's he's very happy to be part of of the sh- of the show. Uh, he he also does a lot of writing um, uh, for the site. Uh, and personally, I wrote the uh, pre the preview for the Napoli uh, for the Napoli match against Juventus. Um, but but uh, you know we've all also been busy with our, our every everyday regular life. You know James being a new father. Um, I know the feeling. I've I've got three. <laughs> Kenny with a you know job new job uh, a big uh, a big position there myself uh, um, owner operator of a of a barber shop hair salon um, and brand new at that so you know a lot a lot of stuff going on outside but um, and and you know pretty much poorly timed I guess but you know that's life um, but we all find a way to get together and talk Napoli um, and we we talk all the time on private private chat as well so uh yeah and and big win today huge humongous win i I mean probably the biggest win in the last 30 years uh it was it was 30 years ago actually no it was 30 in in 1990 it was um today was the was the date in 1990 where napoli beat bologna to go two points over milan who lost to verona and uh yeah yeah and uh uh that was the Pretty much the title decider. Napoli clinched it the next match day against Lazio, which was the final match day. But uh, um, huge, humongous win. Tonight. It's funny because last week we had uh, we had James and Kenny on on the show, and 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 James was talking about you know the the paradoxes that we see in the soccer world. You know the soccer gods coming back. Uh, you know, so like I said, twenty eight years ago, you guys get the big win, you get two point lead over Milan uh, in the Scudetto race there, and then today. Obviously, with the big win there, so it's just funny how things come full circle sometimes. Um, so before we get, you know, a lot of interesting and exciting developments were on the pitch over this past week uh, as we had midweek games, and it obviously all culminated in this epic heavyweight bout that was Juve 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 Napoli. Man, I can't even speak right now. Um, that was me hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, the boys send their regards, by the way, and you mentioned them being on the show, uh, not to cut you off, but but they send their regards, um, and uh, they also asked me if I could sing on the show. <laughs> I told them, I don't know, I sang on their on our show, but uh, maybe if I get pumped up enough later, I'll, I'll sing a little a little Napoli chant. We'll do it in the in the closing. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's good. We'll do it. Perfect. Uh, so let's. Uh, I'm gonna run real quick through the midweek scores and, uh, for the for those people who miss it. And I'm gonna go for the, the important ones. Um, Inter beat Cagliari four nothing. It was a big win for Inter there. Atalanta beat Benevento three nothing. Crotone tied Juventus one one. So that was big. Coming into this weekend, uh, Fiorentina scored three goals, but they lost four to three to Lazio. Uh, Rafa, if I told you there was a hat trick in this game, you would have thought it'd be Immobile, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, Immobile didn't even get on the score sheet. The hat trick was actually from Jordan Veratu, uh, which is very interesting in that. Uh, your boys, Napoli, they beat Udinese four to two, which gave Udinese their tenth loss in a row at that point. Um, Roma won again 2-1 to one over Genoa, and Torino tied Milan 1-1. One, one. Uh, anything big on, on from the midweek that, you, that caught your eye? Uh, well, you know, you have to talk about um, – there's a lot to talk about in the midweek. The midweek was pretty much a rejuvenation. I remember – and I listened to your show last week with the boys, and, and you know, the talk was that, you know, Serie A kind of did you guys wrong <laughs> – because well did 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 the Serie A fans wrong yeah. uh, for being so boring yeah 
this midweek was one of the biggest midweeks, you know, in, in the history of Serie A, I think, you know, Inter's big win, you know, they're steamrolling, they need a Champions League spot. Um, Atalanta winning on the road, you know, and then I think with the result today, they're up to sixth, I believe. Crotone beating Juventus, they need points for, you know, staying up, and Juve obviously needing the points to, you know, to, to, to gain more ground on Scudetto. Napoli coming back twice, uh, you know, down 1-0 and then 2-1, beating Udinese with three goals in nine minutes after Hamsik was subbed off um, for Mertens, as a matter of fact. And, uh, you know, it went from, it literally went from minus nine to minus four in in nine minutes. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it, it, incredible. Just, just there was a point in time where us, us, you know, sempre guys, and even like t- texting with you know my cousins and the and the family saying this is over, we're done. It's it's crap. It's over. <laughs> and you know we pulled it off. Um, it couldn't have been a bigger midweek because it's set up for this week's huge showdown. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean. It, it just was a, a a great a great midweek to to bring us into this week. Absolutely, and then like like last week we were talking about the is the is the race possibly over, and then Crotone did a favor to everyone uh, other than Juventus fans and and got the draw, and then left the door wide open because you guys got the win, and then all of a sudden you're four points behind, and uh, as we know coming to, into today, if you guys could somehow get a win, it's a the race is on with four games to go. Uh, so that was huge there, and then obviously other games that happened uh, throughout the peninsula and Atalanta ultimately uh, being the best, biggest benefactors of the Europa League teams trying to qualify. Uh, it uh, catapulted everything going into this weekend. Uh, so let's uh, let's go. Let's transition now to match week 34. All right, so we're gonna run through the games as they as they happen in a chronological order, if you will. Uh, I'm gonna go them go through them pretty fast because we obviously want to talk about the main event, uh, which we'll leave at the end. Uh, so, uh, first game on the on the ballot, we had Spal and they lost to Roma three uh, nothing. We had a own goal from Francesco Vicari um, in the 33rd minute. Raja Ninja Nyangolan scored in the 52nd minute to make it two nothing, and just seven minutes later, Patrick Schick scored. Uh, it's actually his first goal in Syria for Roma, so uh, about time he gets on the board for them. Um, Sassuolo were host to Fiorentina, and Sassuolo would win one nothing. Matteo Politano continues to score. He scored in the 41st minute. Uh, this seems like this guy can't stop scoring uh, as of late, Rafa. Um, in the beginning of the season, he was struggling to get goals. All of all of Sassuolo were really in. Lately, he's been the one uh, getting getting the goals in, and teams like Napoli are starting to look at this guy for next season. Yeah, well, I mean, we were looking at him, uh, you know, in in the January transfer window, and Sassuolo fudged the paperwork, or something happened to where the last minute, you know, we 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 didn't, uh, you know, we didn't sign him. There was an agreement by all parties, and the facts didn't come through, or something, uh, you know, and, and it was, it, it, we were not too thrilled with the fact that we were paying so much money for Politano, but. I mean, on his current form, it looks like you know, it's worth it. He he could tell you could tell that it's it's it would be worth it for next season if he can carry that over. Um, so you know, it, it is nice to see Politano. Do, I mean, he scored against us as well, right? Right. Uh, in, in our one-one 
Um, so that was kind of ironic as well. But to Sassuolo to beat Fiorentina, who before you know the last match day, um, I believe it was mid the midweek was their first loss in a while. Uh, could be wrong about that. They might have lost one before, but it, it, you know, for them to beat Fiorentina is humongous. Fiorentina was on a, a you know six or seven game win yeah. streak, and you know I, I you know no disrespect or no like you know it just seems a little ironic that you know ever since the um the death of Davide Astori they had it, it kind of lit a fire under them and they were unstoppable um but it seems to have uh, dimmed down a bit there but uh yeah Sassuolo getting the win was big for for them too in the in the you know safety safety race here yeah and it was inevitable that Fiorentina was going to struggle uh you know, I mean they were going to eventually come off of that high um that the high can only last so long as we all know winning streaks do come to an end uh you can even ask UCLA Bruins about that in, in college basketball so uh <laughs> it, I mean that's how it is and then Sassuolo good for them cuz they you know they're trying to stay out of uh the relegation battle cuz that's not a place that they want to be in for sure um, speaking of relegation battles, <laughs> uh, Milan played Benevento, and uh, earlier the, earlier in the year there was a shock when Brignoli, the goalie for Benevento, scored a goal in extra time, uh, in stoppage time to get the draw, get Benevento's first points of the season. Um, well, I guess it seemed to still be a thorn in Milan's side. Uh, probably why Frank's not here tonight. Uh, Benevento would score a goal in the 29th minute through Pietro Ayamelo. And that would be the only goal in the game. Uh, Milan gets shocked and awed by Benevento, one nothing. Oh man, I, I'm, I got nothing to say. I mean, the look on Gattuso's face after the match said it all. It was just disgust and mm-hmm. embarrassment. Like, mm-hmm. come on. And, I, and like, I feel bad for the guy because I'm pulling for him. He's you know he's one of my favorites uh, as a Milan player. Uh, but I don't know what's going on with his team. They had, I mean, obviously majority of the possession and stuff like that, but. Yeah, Benevento, even though they're fighting for nothing because there's no chance they're going to uh, save uh, their season, uh, they're still getting results. They got four points in the last two games. That's more than they had in the last 15 games, I think, because they lost uh, 15 games in a row or something crazy. So, uh, yeah, I, what, do you, what do you take from that from a neutral perspective? Well, uh, you know, I, I, I'm pulling for Gattuso as well. Um, I, I don't. I don't think that he, I mean, uh, no one's really said anything about a sack. He just signed a deal till 2021. I think they're going to, I think you guys are going to give him the, uh, a full, a full season or a start of a season to see what he has, you know, bring some new players in, maybe, uh, you know, make a, make a couple of uh, adjustments here and there. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, for, for Milan to give Benevento their first ever, Serie A away victory <laughs> while they're already relegated yeah. is is not <laughs> is not something to to be proud of um and the fact that they've only you know got gained 1 point uh from Benevento in 4 and Benevento's only got 17 is is also not something it's to be pathetic. Proud of. And I'm not clowning Milan. I'm not clowning you guys. I'm not clowning your team. I I actually really am pulling for Milan to come back to to you know a uh, a uh, meaningful football again you know uh, hopefully and hopefully you guys can still get into europa league and and make some noise um 
end uh, next season. But uh, I mean, if you're going to play like this, you know, he, he's got to somehow figure out how to, cause I think they've lost their heads. I watched a little bit of the game as, especially the end of the game yesterday, Frank Kessie went off the, off his rocker. And um, it was funny because I saw Gattuso get in there and, 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 you know, get in between almost every player and try to calm them all down. And I joked with my cousin Luke <laughs> and told him, <laughs> look at him get in there. But 10 years ago, that was him exactly. fighting. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, um, it's rough. It's, you guys are going through a little bit of a rough spell. Um, but I really feel like you can somehow sneak back into the Europa League place. You're one point out of, of, of it now. And, uh, you know, you, and I'm really pulling for you in the Coppa Italia final as well. Yeah. I mean, based on the results of the midweek, uh, Milan were only one point ahead of Atalanta and I believe, uh, Fiorentina coming into this weekend. And then, um, <laughs> Milan lost and didn't do themselves any favors. Atalanta also didn't do them any favors. Uh, we'll get to that, but, um, yeah, right now they're sitting seventh place after this match week, and um, there's still a hope that this uh, you could there could be a seventh spot allocated to the Europa League based on what happens in Coppa Italia and 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 Serie A. Uh, so that seventh place seventh place position could uh, seventh place Europa League spot could go to Milan or whoever's in that position at the end of the season. So uh, that's how they got to the position last year, and it very well could be in the same position this year because it seems like Atalanta turned it on this year. Um, We'll, we'll skip over Cagliari and Bologna because that was 0-0. Nothing really to talk about there. Uh, Atalanta, as, as we just said, jumped over Milan in the Europa League uh, battle. They won 2-1 against Torino. Uh, Rimmer Froehler opened the scoring in the 53rd minute. Uh, just three minutes later, Adam Lajic equalized uh, to uh, get the score knotted up a 1-1. And then Robin Gossens uh, won it for Atalanta in the 64th minute. Rafa, who is Robin Gossens? <laughs> Um, he is my, uh, uh, corner store grocer. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we say that as a joke, but it's like funny cause they pull, pull guys off the street and they just do well for them. At, they really uh, Jean do. Piero Gasparini right there. They really do. It's funny too, because at a certain point of the season, we were watching, uh, I went home for Thanksgiving and we were watching a, uh, Atalanta play in the, in the, uh, Europa league. I think they were, I think they were beating the hell out of, uh, Everton. Yeah. And, um, uh, I'm sitting there with my, my, my sister, my brother, my brother-in-law, my sister's husband is, uh, um, a Brazilian full on Brazilian. And he's like, uh, oh yeah, uh, there's, um, oh, you know what? And his name is escaping me. Who's the Brazilian defender on, on the team? Toloi. Toloi, yeah. Uh, Toloi, yeah. Is, that's Toloi. He grew up with my, he grew up with my cousin in, in, <laughs> in, in Brazil. And I said, get out of here. And he showed me pictures. I'm like, these guys are finding, you know, finding people from anywhere. It's, so it's funny you mentioned that because it's exactly what, what the, the feeling was then. But yeah, I mean, Atalanta, I tell you what, man, they, this team is, under Gasparini is, has just been such a, a a a bright spot of the of the of the league of the last two seasons. Yeah. Their performance in the Europa League was stellar, and um, for them to get back into the thick of it, you know, at Milan's expense, taking the six the sixth spot, uh, you know, is 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 something you know to to really really be proud of if you're an Atalanta fan. Yeah, they made Bergamo uh, a tough tough place to play. Um, you know, we started at the, at the we Atalanta started out the season uh, struggling in Serie A because they're focusing all their attention on Europa League, and they were doing really well there. 
Uh, but once they got out of there, uh, we we kind of knew that they were going to bring their attention back to Serie A. And I and I've been saying it week after week is like, look, this team is dangerous. Uh, they're very very good. They didn't look it in the in the first part of the season, but that's because they're focusing all the energy in Europa League. But now now that they're focusing their energy back, they're going to cause teams problems. Um, and they've done nothing but just been like heavily attacking teams since they uh, been back to Serie A and, and out of Europa League. So uh, this result doesn't surprise me because Torino has been really good as of late. Um, I don't think they had lost in maybe like five games or something like that. So um, it wasn't like a, a pushover team that they beat. They beat a good team, and uh, you know it doesn't matter. They don't need Papa Gomez to score every game or, or Andre Patania. Um, they got Froiler, they got Gosens this game. They got uh, Andres Cornelius. Um, they got so many guys. Uh, Lulic is another guy, or I'm um, Lulic. Um, so oh, yeah. yeah, they just got so so many got talented guys. This talented team. And it all comes down to that manager, like you said, because. They just pull random guys off the street, and how many times, you know, throughout the year they set them on scores, and you're like, wait, who's that? Let me let me look up this guy real quick. Um, yeah. That's that's yeah. that's a credit to their youth academy, their scouting and um, and coaching, really. So uh, good for them to get back into it now. I mean, when as a time when we thought, you know, they're sitting in 13th place, and we're like, what's going on with them? And now they're back in their Europa League spots. Uh, look out if they you know if they continue this uh, freight train, and uh, there's a slip up between the you know Roma, Lazio, and and Inter. Maybe they're the ones that sneak and uh, steal the Champions League spots. Who knows? I mean, it's uh, interesting. And you know, th- there could be a fifth league, fifth uh, Champions League spot if um, somehow Roma win Champions League and they finish in fifth, and then we'll have five teams from Champions League. So, hey, who knows? Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. And what happens if uh, Roma finish sixth and they win Champions League? Yeah. So, th- th- I mean, that's that's an interesting dynamic too. And and I, I thought I knew <laughs> the the whole uh, you know the whole. Um, how it how it plays out right. um but um i be- yeah i believe if if roma finish fifth and win the champions league there is a, they get they get like an, an extra spot and so it right. would be let's say it would be juve napoli lazio and inter and roma in the in the champions league and then i believe from there it goes atalanta and I believe Milan. Now, now back to back to that you know point where you said that that if Milan win the Coppa Italia, uh, you know the seventh spot could could be open or don't win the Coppa Italia. I think automatically. Now I'm looking it up and it doesn't say anything here, but I think I think somehow automatically Milan would get that seventh spot because Juventus are already in the Champions. League. Right. Right. So so win or lose, I believe Milan gets that spot, or if uh uh. I, you know, and it could be, be if Milan finish in seventh. I'm not a hundred percent. If it, you know, I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Now I know, and also, I, you know, if people are wondering if somehow Atalanta finish in fifth and Roma jump down to sixth, yet Roma win the Champions League. What happens? Well, Roma, as a result of the Champions League win, will bump into fifth automatically as a Champions League team. Uh, we saw that in right. we saw that and in England a couple have... years ago with uh, Chelsea and Tottenham, I think it was, or something. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I believe it first. That first was a rule when Liverpool won the Champions League in 05. Right. Wait, what? Wait, what? You know, and, Wait, and that they... never happened. We don't we don't talk about that on the show, right? <laughs> I was scratching my head when I said that. I was like, should I even be saying this? No, that's, that's okay. You got your even. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you're right. You're right about that. Uh, let's before we get the show completely off the rails, let's move on to a team that's near and dear to Frank and I's heart. Um, Kievo won Inter 2. Moroi Cardi opened the scoring in the 50th minute. Um, it was a goal that at first, you know, when he scored, they thought it was offsides. It went to VAR, and VAR said that it was a, as a correct call. The um, Inter player was onside at the time. The goal counted. 
that were up one nothing at that point. Uh, then Ivan Perisic would double the lead off a brilliant pass by Rafinha in the 61st minute. Uh, it was really a great team play by uh, by Inter there to get a 2-0 lead. Mario Stepinski had a consolation goal in the 90th minute. With that goal, Icardi pulled to within two goals of Immobile for the Capo Caninieri race. Um, or begin the season, I don't know who you picked. Maybe you picked Mertens, but um, I know definitely both Frank and I were picking Mario Icardi for the Capo Caninieri. Um, he's, he's had a strong year all year, it seems like. Uh, Inter, when he's not scoring, they have nobody else. He scored at least half their goals. Um, when it began the season, who was your pick? Was it was it Dries Mertens? It wasn't Mertens um, per se. I don't even remember if we did pick a Capo Canonieri winner. Um, uh, but I know that we weren't expecting Mertens to have the season he had last year. Um, um, it was it's tough to ask him to do that again. You know, another year older. Uh, into his thirties, um, uh, to to ask him to score twenty eight goals again would was a tough ask. Yeah. I, I believe he's got seventeen now, which is great. Still, you know, um, but but I, I don't really remember if we had picked anyone. But if I could pick, if I could have picked someone, it would have been Icardi, honestly. Um, and yeah, he's just you know Inter Inter are striking uh, at the right time right now. Um, and you know, selfishly, we ne- we need them to be. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, 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 you know, they're just claiming their their stake for you know they're they're keeping pace with with uh, you know uh, Roma and Lazio. I'm sure we'll, we'll get to them also. You know, we got to Roma's win three uh, 0 win, but we'll get to Lazio too. Uh, uh, but they're keeping their pace and they're making. See, see, this is what this is what's great is that this season Serie A is not just about the Scudetto race; it's about the Champions League yeah. race, it's about the Europa League race, it's about the the every. It, there's a race in in every possible category, and it's 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 so awesome to be to be you know a Serie A fan right now. And Inter Inter keeps winning and and you know making making their Champions League case you know uh, a legitimate. Yeah, and then there's an interesting race, uh, you know, with the with the Champions League spots between uh, Roma, Inter, and Lazio. Uh, Inter Lazio, not only are they going to be battling for the, the Champions League spot, and there's a, they're, they're going to fight each other on the last match day, uh, but you also got Icardi against Immobile going for the Capo Canigliari race, which is fantastic. So at, at, at the Chievo Inter game, uh, Icardi pulled into within one. Uh, you know, he was trying to, it's been all season, he's been trying to catch Icardi or Immobile because Immobile was on a tear to start the season. Uh, so Lazio, they would play against Sampdoria. Sampdoria is a pretty decent team. They started out the season obviously very hot and been very cool as of late. Um, <laughs> this one started early. Uh, a great header by uh, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic in the 32nd minute. Uh, got the got the Lazio up one nothing. Stefan de Vrij, defender, scored in the 43rd minute to make it 2-0. Uh, that's how we would go into halftime. Uh, with a two nothing lead, and then in the second half, it was the Chira Immobile show uh, as he took over and netted a brace in the dying embers of the game. And the 85th and 88th minute, if I if I remember correctly, uh, gave Lazio an emphatic four nothing win. Immobile now sits since 29 goals. Uh, Icardi has 26. Immobile is the first Italian player to net 29 goals in one season since Udinese's legendary captain Antonio Di Natale in 2009-2010. I uh, got a couple of fun facts for you uh, from Lazio Lounge. This one comes: uh, Immobile has scored more goals than Sassuolo as a team. That's uh, it's incredible. I mean, they had they have what, uh, they have seventy nine goals, I think, as a team. Um, they they've got eighty three. I forgot about the midweek. Yeah, so 
uh, mm-hmm. they had four there too. So yeah, what a, it's yeah. it's crazy how many goals they're scoring. Um, and it's not the first it's not the first high scoring team mobile has been on. He was on that Pescara team uh, back in the day. So um, yeah, yeah, this guy is just having a, an outworldly season this year, and uh, he's he's one of the best trickers on and on the planet right now. Uh, uh, you can't take it away from him. Yeah, Icardi is very having a great season as well. But uh, Immobile, just everything he touches goes into gold. At least for Lazio, uh, not so much the national team, but uh, for Lazio, everything he touches goes gold. Well, that's where he gets his criticism, you know, with the national team. Uh, most people will, you know, slam him for not showing up for the national team. But we can, can we can pretty much say the same thing for guys like Higuain. You know, DiBala, Messi, all of Argentina. <laughs> uh, you know, he, it's not like Immobile is the only the only player that struggles when it comes to you know your 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 national team, and people give him a lot of slack for it. But but he's done so many great things for Lazio in the past couple seasons, and uh, you know Lazio have got the most goals uh, out of anybody in in the league this year. Uh, four four matches to play, still eighty three goals. Uh, Napoli scored 90, I believe it was 95 goals last season. So they can, they're kind of on pace to beating that, that record, you know, and, um, I'll tell you what, they are, again, they're fighting for a Champions League spot. They want to get back into the Champions League. And with the team that they have with Immobile, Immobile with Lazio in the Champions League would be pretty cool to see, I think. Despite the fact that they crumbled to um, a Red Bull Salzburg <laughs> yeah. in the Europa League. That was that was awful. Brutal, brutal for Syria. Pretty, you know, I'm not, I'm not a Lazio fan by any means, um, uh, you know, but that was pretty pretty rough to watch you know them even taking that one nil lead and and squandering the the aggregate lead the way they did was was awful to watch but aside from that they they put on a great performance all season long and 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 you know it, it actually would be a shame to see one of the three not make the champions league this season because yeah. they've all been really 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 you know in inter inter story with how they started off so hot and they were neck and neck with us and yeah they, and then and then dropped so low you know, one of the worst like streaks they've ever had, and then are still fighting for the Champions League is is pretty cool. So just to have one of these three not make it to the Champions League next year would be a bummer. No, no doubt about it. Give me a one word answer for this question: uh, If Immobile doesn't get thirty goals this season, what 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 is your answer with that? <sighs> Heartbreak. Yeah. He's had, he scored so many goals this year, and he's scoring for fun. And if he somehow does, if he goes dry for the next four games, it'd be it'd be bad. Especially especially if he loses the Capocannieri, uh, he'd be kill, he'd be kicking himself uh, with that. I mean, I honestly thought that he'd get more than uh, you know. Iguain. I think it was he was on pace. For, he was, yeah, he was on pace yeah. for like forty yeah. something, forty three or something yeah. at one point. He was, he was he, a little dry spell, I guess, at, at a certain point of the season. But he's back, and you know, I mean, not one to be overly concerned with, really, but. You know, hey, he's still he's still the star of the team, and and you know his goals will get this team to the Champions League. It was is Lazio uh, a good indicator of how Syria is? At times it can be beautiful, at other times it can be chaotic, like Salzburg. Um, you know, it's pretty much how the season's gone all all the way around. Like sometimes you know, beautiful goals, beautiful play, and then you had things like last week where no goals, or you had times where. It just red cards and VAR all over the place. It's uh, you never know what you're going to get, and it keeps it keeps us on our toes for sure. I think. Right, right, and this season's been a, you know it's been an interesting season because of VAR and and 
you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of write about it and there's a lot to work, work on as well. So, I mean, just the, the I enjoyed last season very well, um, very much. Uh, and this season has just been so much better. Um, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of good coming from VAR. No, uh, I, I'm with you on that one. Um, one last fun fact, and this is brought to us by Marcus Adams. Stefan de Vrij has now scored more goals this season than Mario Mandzukic, Juan Cuadrado, Nikola Kalinic, and Ninja Nainggolan. Hashtag lethal. That's, those are big names, big attacking a- names that he's outscoring. Now I I remember hearing something about him being on the market and possibly going over to to Inter. Was that was that uh, is that something that's been? I think it's rumored. I don't you know, know if it's been rehashed. Or... Yeah, I, I heard. I've heard. I actually heard that rumor recently, and I don't know if something came of that or not, or just still rumors. But uh, that would be big for Inter. I mean, what are they going to do with Miranda and Skriniar already there? Skriniar is having a great season. Miranda's now starting to pick it up. Uh, so it'd be a, an interesting dilemma for them. I don't know if they're going to be potentially losing one of them, maybe Miranda, but uh, that would be a massive pickup for Inter if they, if they got him. Right, right. I, I mean, and then I, I heard something about uh, uh, Asamoah going to Inter as well. So, I mean, oh, I, well. it, <laughs> I heard about it. But no, back to the to, to right really quick. Um, I, I didn't see the Lazio game. I watched the uh, halftime on, on Rai Italia of the Napoli game. Uh, and saw the scoreline four nil, and they showed the goals. And right away, in my head, was like, I wonder if DeVry, sc- DeVry scored. <laughs> and, you know, there you go, boom, second goal. But now, yeah, he's a he's a magnificent player, great, great, great vision, great, great defender. Uh, you know, gets stuck in there, man, and 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 he can he's got the, an eye for goal too. So so good, good, good job for him. Absolutely. Uh, so moving on, we're going to uh, Udinese against Crotone. Uh, this game would. Uh, <laughs> Hey, the, the little team in the in southern Italy uh, got another surprise result. Uh, 2-1 victories over Udinese. Uh, Kevin Lasagna did open the scoring with a beautiful side volley in the fifth minute. Um, if you guys haven't had a chance to see that, you should take a, take a look at that on replay. Uh, but the resilient Crotone team, buoyed by midweek draw against Juventus, fought back and just two minutes later with a marvelous backheel, flying backheel goal, if you will, uh, by Frank Cravello's favorite player, Saimi. Uh, that would be Sami's third goal in his last four games. He's heating up at the right time for Cotone, Rafa. Uh, you know, the, the beautiful goal he scored today and the beautiful goal he scored in midweek, that bicycle kick against Juve. Yeah. You know, I mean, the irony in that and the you know the beauty at the same time. <laughs> Gosh. I'm sorry. Monopoly bias has to show. So, you know, it's just, <laughs> that's just me, man. It's no, no disrespect to Juventus uh, or their fans, but... My bias always kind of sh- shines through a little bit. His his goal today was magnificent, and and he's some he's someone to watch for the future. Crotone, you know, you, you remember their their fight last season to stay alive, yeah. winning winning eight of the last nine, I believe it was, to to climb out of out of relegation. It looks like they're trying for it again, man. I mean, and last year they drew Juventus during that run too. So hey, yeah, hey. yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, James is right, man. The 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 sweet irony of of football is is just something, you know, it's something awesome. And um a funny little note about the Udinese uh Crotone game. Uh what is this? Udinese's 11th straight loss, which is sort of a shame yeah. because they did so well under uh, you know, they lost their first game was to was against us with Odo as their manager. They lost that match, but then they won eight straight matches 
and ha- are now on an 11 game losing streak and um they've suddenly creeped down to the the relegation race and uh you know Odo did make a comment before the game saying uh, Crotone or not Napoli I guess referencing the comeback win from the midweek uh you know against them they said oh well you know Crotone they're tough but they're not Napoli well, maybe they are <laughs> <laughs> maybe they are <laughs> oh man yeah just wanted to point that out there yeah uh you know it's it's a shame because Udinese is they've got some really good players in there uh oh yeah I'm a big fan of, of Barack he's a he's a great player um and uh you know some of their guys in there just just very good players and and they've got to figure it out soon or they'll be they'll be they have one of the most talented youth team youthful teams uh in Syria with you know with Yankto Barak uh, um Adepao and so many so many guys on the team that uh I mean if they play to their potential maybe they need Jean-Pierre Gasparini I don't know to get to their potential but uh yeah they got so <laughs> many talented guys on that team and Kevin Lazani is having a he's having a good season this year but that's about it for the Nets everybody else has been uh cooling off cooling off as of lately I think uh I think um, Kevin Lasagna is up to nine goals now this season for Serie A, so it's a pretty good comeback season for him. Um, you know, last year when Crotone were on this run, and I said, you know, if they somehow get survived Serie A, uh, I would get a Diego Falcinelli Crotone jersey, and I did. Uh, so maybe this year, if maybe this year if Crotone wins, Frank will get a Siamy jersey uh, if they if they keep if they stay up. Who knows? Because now if Crotone win, I'll get a Siamy jersey. <laughs> there we go. Because that's the turning point of the Scudetto race. You heard it here. Or you heard it here. Rafa's gonna get it. Because uh, you know that win actually for Crotone tied them with Kievo. Uh, so they're currently uh, Crotone holds the last relegation spot at their their tied level with 21 points with Kievo and those two teams actually play in two weeks. Uh, that's a big relegation six pointer coming up. Um, <laughs> uh, David Faroni, you know, we didn't mention this, but he he didn't get you know he 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 won the game for them in the 86 minute with a goal. So a uh, big win for Crotone in this one. Um, and you were talking about the 11-game losing streak for Udinese. It, it's it's unfortunate. It's actually the third worst losing streak in Serie A history. Uh, Rafa, can you guess the other two that are longer? I'm gonna say Benevento. That is one. Holds holds the 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 worst. Uh, dare I say the uh, the Napoli squad in 19 uh, was it 2001? Did they have the? Uh, they had a uh, an awful season back to Serie A after being promoted from Serie B, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was them. Uh, so it was Benevento. Yes, you're correct. And then Brescia in ninety four, ninety five, they lost fifteen games in a row. Aha! Uh-huh. It took twenty five minutes to find it, but we found it. <laughs> we found it. <laughs> Uh, all right. So what, there's one other game other than the big game. Uh, that's tomorrow, uh, Monday night. Uh, it's Genoa against Hellas Verona. Uh, hopefully this is going to be, it's going to be a dull game in my opinion, because Genoa are the dentist chair. When you go to them, it's, it's tough to play them. They play very defensively as David Baladini plays and they try to get at least a point in every game. And, um, I, I see this a very zero, zero game. If you, if you get a goal, it might be one, one, uh, it's not many goals going to be in this one. I think. No, there's not. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's just a, it's, I don't. I, I love the league, but I can't get into this game. And after the week, yeah. the week I've had, I, just, I can't I can't even see myself turning this on tomorrow. I, I'll be way too busy to do it. But uh, you know, if they're on and need the points, um, uh, they're awful. 
Uh, Genoa don't really need the points right now. Um, I mean, every point counts. You know, they're not, you know, they're, they're, they could be, they could consider themselves comfortable enough to be out of the relegation zone, 38 points, uh, you know, and, and, uh, Spall's, Spall's got 29. So it's not like, you know, it's not, it's not like they're in any urgent, like, you know, need for points. Um, it would be nice to see Giuseppe Rossi get on there and get, get a goal. That would be cool. Um, probably the only reason I'd watch is because of Matteo, Matteo Perry. Yeah. Um, uh, he's, well, and except for the, with the exception of, uh, um, recent rumors that Rui Patricio might be coming over to Napoli to replace Reina, uh, everybody has, uh, very high hopes on Perrin coming over to Naples. Um, other than that, and him being the, you know, second choice goalkeeper, uh, for, for the, for the Nazionale after Buffon decides to, to leave <laughs> and, uh, Donnarumma takes his, his place. But yeah, I mean, I, I try, I'm at this point, I'm reaching to try to find a reason to watch the game tomorrow. But, um, you're better you know, than me, my friend. You never, you never, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you never know what, you never know what, what you can get on any given. And, you know, it's funny because I, um, I was talking to a coworker of mine, another barber, and we were watching a game and he asked me if this has any implications on, you know, the title race or anything like that. And I believe it was like, like Sassuolo Udinese, uh, a couple okay. weeks back. And I said, you know, I said, honestly, you know, no, I said, there's no real reason to have this game on right now. Other than the fact that sometimes when you get two teams that are like in, you know, the, 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 um, twilight zone of Serie A. You'll find a real scrap, like a scrappy game, like yeah. a real, like, like exciting scrappy game every now and then. So, so that's a that's probably another reason to turn on, turn turn the game on tomorrow. If uh, if BN Sports decides they're going to show, it'll be on BN Sports twenty three or something like that. <laughs> All right. Well, enough of this blowing smoke up everyone's ass. Uh, let's get to the main event. Uh, let's ta- let's transition to Juventus Napoli. All right, the big one that everyone is waiting for. I know Rafa was waiting for this one. Uh, Juventus fans were at the beginning, uh, maybe not so much after the fact. Um, <laughs> what were your th- what were your thoughts coming into this game? Uh, obviously, uh, Crotone did you guys a big favor by getting the draw, opening up the the. the the Scudetto race, if you will, and you guys beat Nudanese in midweek. Uh, so, what was your, what were your feelings coming into this one? I got to tell you the truth, Richard. Um, I was coming into the game. I was very excited. I really, I really had a, a feeling that we were going to win this game. Um, not only because of just the way things played out on the pitch Wednesday. Um, going from, like I mentioned earlier, going literally from negative nine to negative four in nine minutes, um, you know, Crotone holding on to, to salvage the point, um, Napoli coming back, you know, and, and, and their comeback win was their 28th point from the comeback from the remonta Mm, and, um, yeah, they, they are nine wins, one draw, one loss while, having been scored on first this season, the one loss coming to Juventus in Naples. Um, the fact that that had a lot to do with it, but the fact that uh, the team left for Turin and they were greeted by two or 3000 fans at the airport, uh, you know, um, 
somewhere around 5,000 on the bus on the way to the airport. Wow. The fans had collected, uh, you know, around Stadio San Paolo. Uh, and this was all yesterday, you know. Uh, we're, we're, we're speaking now day of, you know, day of the match. And yesterday, Saturday, you know, the fans were just amped. I, I, I can tell you personally, I never tweeted as much as I did yesterday <laughs> about the game. I started balling up. In, in nerves yesterday I, and you know and and that's why I had this feeling I said you know we're gonna we're gonna do it we're gonna come out there and I I really had you know we we, we, we asked ourselves the question you know who, who are we gonna start what what lineup is Saudi gonna go with does he have the balls to change to change anything is he going to put Milik in will he sit Mertens what's go will he sit Hamsik what's 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 he gonna do um deep down inside I knew that we were going to start with the classic 11. And um, I still kind of thought that, you know what, we're going to pull this off. So I had a lot of faith in in this team coming in um, just because of the fact that I felt like they were very well received by the fans going out. And they were very, very, uh, you know, motivated by them to do, to do what they had to do for, for the, for the fans and for themselves. So I, I really I really did feel that we were going to win. Okay, all right, very good. Uh, so speaking of coming out, um, Juventus, they came out in a 4-2-3-1 formation. Uh, pretty standard lineup, mostly except for the fact that Blas Matuidi was in for Mario Mandzukic on the left wing. Benedict Hovides started as a right back. Uh, and Quadro uh, Asamoah at left back. Uh, this marked the 100th game for your boy Iguain <laughs> as a Juventus player. Um, now going over to uh, to your side of the your side of the, of the table, uh, Napoli. They came out with a four three three. No surprises there. Is a safe assumption. Would you say, Rafa? No surprises. Um, I I again I I mentioned earlier. Uh, we were asking ourselves the question. You know, Mertens when he came in for Hamsik against Udinese, he he played the the number ten spot and he played it brilliantly. He came off the bench. He was rejuvenated, rested well. Um, so what we were calling for was having Milik in the in the center there instead of Mertens and putting Mertens in hit in Hamsik's spot or even Zelinski in Hamsik's spot and having Mertens come off the bench uh and and you know sacrilegiously you know wanting Sadi to sit our captain um he just has not had the season up to his that standard he's had no of his standard no he hasn't despite catching Maradona's record despite you know, have like the boys said. You know, they said it midweek. As good as he is, has been for us this season. It's just not happening. And as cool as it is to have him have had the three games that he had to to be able to catch Maradona, his, his season has just been subpar at, at the very very least. And uh, you know, they of course i you know knowing knowing very well Saudi won't deviate from his classic 11 that's his tried and trusted uh formation and and group of guys um you know we we had just felt that that maybe Saudi should make a couple of changes because Juve wouldn't be expecting it you know you can see them and they and they did this in Naples they did a little bit today they 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 played in 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 bunches like they bunched the midfield they kind of just like stormed the midfield and and in in like a little cloud of Juve players and and it was very difficult for us to to maneuver 
you know, the way we usually do, the way we, the way we're, you know, revered for our beautiful. Well, let me football. ask you this. Go, so to put, I was gonna say, let me ahead. ask you this. You, you yeah, know, you're saying midweek. Uh, you know, Saudi mix up the lineup a little bit, put Mertens in the ten roll, got Milik out there. You think he did that in a way? One, to obviously he's trying to come back in that game and get a victory, but two, to maybe throw a little wrench into Juventus's plans and make because you know. You guys have been playing the classic eleven, like you said, for so long, and then all of a sudden you change something up just before the big game. Maybe you know, trying to worry Allegri a little bit, saying, "Hey, we're actually may come out with this formation, so be ready for this," and give him a little bit uh, one other thing to think about before the big game. It's funny that you mentioned that because we talked a lot privately that the Semper, us and the Semper boys would, would would talk a lot about how Allegri would throw mind games into the mix. Yeah, uh, you know, coming out with the fact that DiBala won't start. Or Dybala's a big doubt, and this guy's a doubt, and that guy's a doubt, and I'm not sure what we're going to do, and I don't know our lineup. You know, trying to throw little, like, you know, you know, jabs at Napoli to, to throw us off. And, you know, I never really, when you mentioning it now, you know, makes it makes it clear to me. I never really thought that maybe Sadi's throwing a mind game to Juventus's way. Yeah. By changing the lineup. Exactly. Um, I, I also saw it as, okay... Um, Koulibaly, I don't believe started the match, or it was it was another player who didn't start the match because they were on a yellow card, and Mertens also didn't start the match because he was on a yellow card as well. Or was it? Uh, you know, I I don't remember exactly who. I'm sorry, but it was definitely a couple of players who were you know one yellow card away from missing the match. Uh, might have been Koulibaly who missed it because of a yellow card he picked up against. Um. Uh, whoever we yeah, I'm just drawing a blank too. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, um, sitting Mertens also ha- got him some rest, much needed, uh, very well, much needed rest. And you know, I I didn't expect to see him in the game at all, but him coming in for you know 30 minutes, 25 minutes, whatever it was, you know, really really lit a fire under us that we needed because he comes in after after the goal to make it two one, and nine minutes later we're up four two. So, uh, uh, big 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 move by Sadi. Um, he actually utilized his his squad. He had a, he had a rotation plan. He put Milik in there at the start. Milik got the game winning goal. So we were all thinking, wait yeah. a minute, should Milik start against Juventus? He might. De- he he really deserves it. Coming on after such an injury, after two yeah. such injuries, big injuries. You know, uh, yeah, big injuries. Getting getting the goal we needed to 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 get us to minus four, setting up the big showdown on the weekend. Could he come in and and you know take Mertens' spot for for Juventus? But you know, at the la- at the last minute, putting the classic eleven in uh, proved it worked. I mean, obviously, with the result today. Early on in this in the game, uh, Napoli were very quick to start, and that kind of caused a turnover early on in the opening minute. Actually, that Marek Hamse got on the left wing, and he crossed it into Lorenzo Insigne in the box. Giorgio Chiellini got into it first, uh, got to the ball first, but he ended up picking up an injury. Uh, I don't know what kind of injury it was. It looked like maybe a lower body or something. Um, in the process, he tried to muscle it out, and he would eventually be forced out uh, to sub in the 11th minute. Uh, Licksteiner would come on. Uh, he would slot into the right-back position, and Hovidus would move to center-back. Uh, that was a big loss for Juventus in the game. Um, not only is he your best center-back in the, in, on the team, but he's, he's, he's your... He's, 
not your captain, but your vice captain. You know, he's a leader on the team. He's a leader on the pitch. Uh, so that had to have been a boost for you guys seeing a guy of his of his quality uh, leave through injury. Obviously, you don't want to see someone go through injury, but um, when he when he gets off that pitch, it makes you guys it has to give you guys more confidence. That was a big loss for them. Um, it was a big moment for us. We, you know, just having them, you know, have to waste a, stu- a sub so early um, as well. You know, the fact that it was Chiellini was big because he's he's been such a, you know, as 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 much as he's aging and um, um, he's he's been such a a force for Juventus. But uh, I am I am reading some reports as we speak, and the question of his season being over has come to play Ooh, right now. I was wondering um, what it was. Is it hand say what it is? Yeah, it's a, it's a hyperextension of the knee. Okay, wow. A possible possible hyperextension of the knee, which could mean you know the season the season's over. I mean, it's it's really only a couple of weeks out, but there's only a couple of weeks left of the season, so uh, it's a big blow for Juventus. Um, uh, losing losing him so early. I mean, he got up, he he came back in, and then he had to be subbed out. And I was I was uh, just you know selfishly elated that he had come out. But um, yeah, big loss for Juventus at the end at the end of the day because he's he, you know he he's a guy that can get in there and and get those crosses in, uh, you know, get those crosses cleared out and and you know charge charge at the at the defenders. I thought uh, I thought you guys early on were doing a fantastic job of suffocating the midfield Juventus midfield early on and forcing Juve to make their uh, I would say abnormal turnovers. It wasn't something we typically uh, see from Juventus, and uh, this is all thanks to you guys just constantly pressing the ball and and forcing those turnovers, forcing those un, um, unforced errors. Yeah, yeah, and and that's a big thing is is uh, you know causing them to make errors and not making errors themselves you know uh, uh napoli made a lot of a lot of a couple of really big errors against juve in the, in the the first match against against them at san paulo and it cost them dearly and you can see uh, to you know earlier today napoli making pretty much zero errors and causing juve to make them and that was that was very big for for the team and uh, it was a uh, it was important because um, um, Napoli were focused. They were they were just they seemed like they were uh, hungry, yeah. uh, uh, you know, determined and very confident. You know, I think they were a very confident team. Uh, you know, let's not let's not forget this this now with this result uh, was Napoli's thirtieth consecutive result on the road wow that's unreal you know yeah yeah stemming back from october 29th where they lost to juventus uh at at the at the allianz um two to one so yeah yeah so napoli on the road are like we we actually on the separate we called them road yeah i remember the the pod when you had the road warrior music i love that uh, yeah. <laughs> I actually tweeted out a picture of of the Road Warriors in blue when, nice. they, when they were in WCW. Yeah. They had Napoli blue spikes instead of the traditional uh, red. Which I remember really that. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys had a little bit of a scare uh, in the 20th minute. Marilyn Pjanic, uh, he lined up for a free kick in a very, very dangerous area, and uh, he nearly opened the scoring, clanking it off the post. Uh, your heart had to, your heart had to have dropped uh, once he took that free kick, uh, but once it hit that post, you had to have been relieved. 
Well, Pjanic and Dybala were set up next to each other, and the way Pjanic set up the ball, I I knew he was going to take the shot. But either of them being there are dangerous, They're absolutely dangerous. But from from the free kick, and I really really felt that that was the, that was their chance to get their goal. Uh, it was it was deflected it, it off of uh, I I don't remember who it was deflected off, but it was deflected off of one of our guys' head. And uh, hit hit the post as it bounced towards the net, and the relief on my like, I mean, you know, y- you've got to imagine I'm sitting there, hands <laughs> my face. relief, just just you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a scary moment. Um, um, a really really bad foul uh, leading up to that. I think it was Albiol who picked up. Yeah, the yeah, he did as well. For it, yeah, uh, uh, um, tripped uh, tripped Inguain up right at the edge of the box. Any, any like a like a foot, a foot, uh, you know, ahead, and we could be looking at a penalty kick there. So, you know, I remember saying, "Dumb, dumb foul, dumb foul." He, it was it was a ball that he he didn't look like he was getting to, and you know, it was it was a, a um you know scary moment, but you know, hey. Didn't it in. didn't go in. That's the most important part. Um, a minute later, Mario Rui, uh, flying down the left flank, took an audacious shot from distance, and he forced Gigi Buffon to uh, scramble and make a save on it. At first, you're like, "What is this guy doing? Trying? You think he was trying to cross or trying to shoot it?" Um, either way, it, it forced Gigi to like make a move and get off his four-year-old hide and, and make a save on that because it, it could have gone in off the post. Yeah, it could have. Uh, uh, you know, Gigi for his age, you know. We can, you know, and we we can uh, criticize his words, you know, against uh, the the English referee the, that that ref the Real match. Um, Oliver, yeah. We can criticize, yeah. We can criticize his professionalism at, at that point, you know, f- for that in that instance. We can criticize, you know, whatever you want to criticize about him, but take take, you know, he's still an amazing stop stop shot stopper. Uh, you know, a little slower as the years go by you know and that's expected but when it comes to shot stopping i think he's like he's he's still one of the best in the world you can't take it his away, reactions you know? have not slowed down one bit just like his speed no, has yeah, but not yeah. his reaction his he's a uh, he's a brilliant keeper i mean legendary obviously and like you said we can we can question about what you know how he handled the situation there with oliver and and the whole penalty situation against the real madrid but uh yeah he's uh he he he, he can still make saves despite his age I still think, for Juventus' sake, um, you know, I, and it's funny because I, you know, we 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 mention it all the time. You know, my my cousins and I, we talk a lot about you know Italian teams in the Champions League, and uh, we're always mentioning how they should be starting Chesney instead of Buffon because because Chesney's like he's younger, he's he's a, a, an amazing goalkeeper. Uh, Buffon is a little bit older. He, his reaction, his reaction time is still great, but you know, speed to to a, a certain situation, you know, it's 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 lagging a bit. Um, I still think that if Juve were to start uh, Chesney, they they'd come out a, a little better. Um, but yeah, Buffon's he's a legend, man. I mean, just you know, I'm a, I'm an Italian fan, you know, an Italian uh, uh, you know national team fan, and I'll never ever. You know, I can never say a bad thing about what he did for the Italian national team in 2006. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I could care less what he does at the club level. I really could, but you know, you can't. You also can't, uh, you know, deny the fact that he's throughout the last 20 years have been the best goalkeeper in the world. No doubt about that. Uh, it's it's very hard to argue that, and, and I know some people are going to throw Akrikasias out, but uh, I'm sorry, Gigi Buffon by far for me. Um, so. 
Napoli thought they had the lead before halftime when, as I was writing the, the, the script before the show, I wrote down Roberto Insigne. And Roberto Insigne is actually Lorenzo Insigne's brother who plays for Parma. I play, I play with Parma and, and FIFA. So I had that in my mind, uh, you know, just playing that before. So sorry. It's, it's, How are you doing with Parma and FIFA? I'm getting ready to get promoted, actually. So. Oh, good for you. Good for uh, you. So, uh, yeah, no. So Lorenzo, um, Lorenzo Insigne found the back of the net. It was only to be ruled offsides. Um, I didn't catch the play when it first happened. Uh, were you were you satisfied with the with the call on on the goal non goal I should say? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he was he was miles offside. To be honest with you, there was a another instance later in the game, and I'm I'm not sure if you you've written it down and we'll cover it. But uh, I did not. I forgot. There was there was a shot where um uh there was a shot by Callejon um from a brilliant pass and yeah yeah that was yeah where where he was called offside where i don't think he was offside shot was saved anyway but um uh i was a little more upset with that but yeah i i mean i you know i i jumped up in elation when i saw the ball in the net but then when when i realized they called it offside um you know i i kind of felt like it really was an offside call then when i saw the replay i was like all right yeah nah he was kind of off he he was he was pretty offside and i think you know he knew it too so so at halftime we go zero zero and then there was an odd substitution uh as paulo dibala would be subbed off for juan cuadrado at halftime what'd you make of that because i didn't think paulo i mean paulo dibala wasn't having the greatest of games but he wasn't terrible uh what, what'd you make of the decision for this the swap by allegri you know, uh, I don't really know what caused it. I do know that uh, there. I'm not sure if there was a row between the two of them midweek or what. But at first, I thought it was maybe, you know, some mind games like we mentioned earlier uh, by Allegri uh, to kind of bluff that they won't start DiBala for the game. Um, but I, I, I've, I'm reading that, that Dybala was changed because he needed more coverage and physicality on the wings. And, um, by putting Cuadrado in there, you know, he's a phenomenal. Oh yeah. And I was a little, I was a little afraid to be quite honest with you, because if anybody could do it, I feel Cuadrado could. And, um, uh, I don't remember what match I was watching. Everything is a a, a blur to me, man. But, but when there was a match where Cuadrado did come in for Juventus and he ended up scoring and uh, putting them in the lead. And I forget exactly what match it was, but it was one of the matches, obviously we needed them to lose. And, uh, it was a Milan game, I I think, wasn't it? It might have been the Milan game. Was it the Milan game? Yes, header, yes, it was. It? it was when they, yeah, 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 yeah. When he came in and 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 put them up two to right, one. Right, right, right. After the yeah, yeah, and he came in and 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 I would just remember when Cuadrado came in saying, "Oh, here we he's go." Not, he's not. He's not the biggest of boom, guys, boom. but he can he can hit a ball like no other. I mean, he he puts a good power on it. He's good he good sure placement can. on it, and he's he's dangerous on, on set pieces. Nah, he's a phenomenal player. He's got pace. He's got. He's got. You know, he can cover. He. He's. He's. He's not the biggest guy, but he can get in there. You know, he. He. He's very physical on the wing, and he came in, and you know, he. He was. He was not terrible when he came in, but he was stopped by Koulibaly a few times. Um, but yeah, Koulibaly shuts down everybody, though. To be fair, <laughs> I mean, Koulibaly is for me defender of the year. If you have, if you have, oh, I, he got um, my vote. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's not a bias, you know. Vote. I think anybody can see it, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if if the comments that that Allegri made were, you know, just a, you know, a front 
because of the fact that there's something going on there. I don't know, but but you know him him you know suggesting that um, DiBala wouldn't get a start against Napoli was a little weird for me. Uh, whether it was mind games or not. Yeah, that's uh, it's definitely an odd comment to make uh, before a big game, whether it's a you know Serie A game or a Champions League game. It's it's very odd when when your best players, uh, you you say you may not start him. Uh, so mind games or not, it's 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 an odd one by me. Um, so th- by this point, at four, through forty five minutes, Juventus have already made two substitutions at this point. So uh, with only one substitute left, uh, Allegri kind of rolled the dice in the seventieth minute by bringing on uh, Mario Mandzukic to try and steal a win. Um, you guys, and you guys, on the other hand, uh, you brought in uh, uh, Milik for uh, I believe it was Dries Mertens, right in the 61st minute, I believe it was, and then uh, Hamsik uh, was subbed off for Zelinski. And I thought uh, those two additions uh, they brought good good uh, jump to the team, I guess I would say. Um, uh, I was also like I, I was glad to see uh, Marco 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 Rowe came in for Alan in the 80th minute. Uh, I wasn't sure if you know this is a this is a young player with a lot of talent that Sari isn't using uh, as much as he should be, and uh, to see him come on, I was actually surprised to see him come on because I didn't think he would. I, I would think you'd see Asamo or um, uh, Asamo. What's his name? Asamo. Yeah, Asamo. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, my mind is just <laughs> hey, long yeah, hey, listen, it's been a long day. <laughs> Serie A is just blind in my mind right now. Just uh, it's sure. great results. You know, I'm not complaining about that. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, anyway, uh, I was thinking about Amadou Diawara. That's what I was thinking of. Ah, uh, okay. So I thought he would have come on before uh, Rogwood, but hey. Before Rogwood, yeah. But yeah, it was good to see him inserted well, there. So I'll tell you, Rog, Rog has now seen 28 matches in Serie A uh, this season. Has he really? All from, all, yeah, all from the... Uh, it doesn't feel like it. All from the bench, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got the least amount of minutes for, for the most uh, most appearances. No, that I believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on for two minutes. But, you know, it's a it's a it's a Saudi tactic. Honestly, uh, I liked rugs. I liked the rug addition. Um, uh, I I was a, I'm always a little upset to see Alan come off because for me he's been one of the best players in the in the in, of the season for Napoli. Um, and you know he's so gritty and he gets in there. If he loses the ball, he does everything he can to get it back. Ala Gattuso. And um, yeah, uh, for him to. Yeah, for him to have come off, I was I was a little, you know, I mean, uh, it was either him or Jorginho, but I I really feel like Rog is uh, a good a good substitution for a player like Alan, and uh, you know he came in with ten minutes left, and uh, I mean, everything worked our way tonight, so you know I'm not too mad at the substitutions. The Milik substitution for Mertens was like for like position wise, uh, it caused Napoli to to you know be a little more confident uh getting the ball on the wing uh and crossing yeah. it in and um i i feel like uh you know Hamsik has has really rarely gone 90 minutes this season so that was a no surprise to see Zelensky coming for him um uh you know it all worked today man um maybe it was just me uh, before we get to the big moment of the game um i didn't think Jorginho and alan had the greatest of games compared to what their you know what the normal standard is uh what did you make of both of their performances I thought, like, especially towards the end, I well, thought Juventus started uh, getting them to cause a little bit more turnovers in the defensive end, giving Juventus a little bit more opportunities. Right, right. Uh, normally, you know, Jorginho and Alan pair up very well. Uh, they, they, uh, they've been such a, you know, uh, a bright spot for the team. Today, not so much. I guess, you know, I can agree with you there. Um, uh, Alan coming off. I mean, I, I, even though I'm upset about Alan coming off, I, I you know, if... 
he deserved to come off if you know he he wasn't having an an excellent match today but i think everybody did really well uh, honestly to uh you know to keep to keep uh juventus at bay um Oh, absolutely, absolutely. No, that's uh, they, what they what the what they were doing uh, by this point of the game. Uh, I, I mean, Juventus has, Juventus had no shots on goal through this point of the game. Actually, Juventus didn't have any shots on goal throughout the whole game. So that's that's a fantastic effort to do at home because Juve are usually dominant at home and get tons of shots. So kudos for the whole Napoli team for what they did. Uh, with this game, you know, things were looking like they were going to end in a draw, where the minutes are dwindling down, um, and then. Uh, you know, you know, if Napoli didn't win this game, it would pretty much end all Scudetto talk because they had to win, uh, you know, with the big gap, uh, four points and whatnot, going into this. Uh, but the Partenope, they earned a corner kick late in the 89th minute, uh, setting up some late drama. Jose Maria Callejon uh, took the, co- the kick from the corner, and uh, defender of the year, Kaladu Kolibali, scores the winner with an emphatic goal and keeps Napoli's hopes alive. What a thunderous goal by uh, Kolibali there. Kulibali's fifth goal of the season. It seems like he scored um, more than that, too. I, I feel it does. It does really feel like it. But um he I I honestly can't even remember the feeling that I had when the ball went to the back of the net, man. I'm getting chills thinking about it right now. Uh what a beautiful play. And you know, I credit to 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 Callejon too cuz he can swing that ball into the box. Lately, you know, in in football, you see you know, corner kicks taken and they're just a, a abomination. You know, the crosses yeah. that come in. You, have you noticed it? My, I've noticed it just that, that some people can't just can't they like just drive it in or something. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. And a lot, a lot of, a lot of short corners to Jose Callejon has that it factor. Like if we've got a corner kick on either side, Callejon's taking, taking the corner and you know, <laughs> Kulibali just being left w- wide open by, I believe it was, uh, uh, I want to say it was Benatia. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Was, I mean, just unbelievable. And the way he jumped up there to get the ball and the perfect header, the perfect placement at such a point in the match, you know, to 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 make it that difficult for Buffon to get there was just something that, I don't. It's one of the moments of the season that I'll never forget. Him, him opening his hands and and <laughs> running towards the team. The face, the face that he had. Like there's a there's an image out there of him, him like just running out with his arms out wide open, and you know the J symbol over him from the from the stadium. What an absolute beast! This player has been for us defensively. On the on the corner, you know, just he's grown into such an amazing defender and an amazing player with this team. I mean, I can remember his first season, him being pretty decent, but so many mistakes on with his feet. You know, a lot of like stumbling, right, right, and 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 over the past two seasons, under and it's funny because we would criticize the defense. So much for for Napoli, like they score so many goals, but they they let so many in under the Benitez error. Even even like maybe the first season with Sadi, but for Sadi to have turned this defense around the way he has over the last two seasons with making very very little changes to the defense, 
has been such a blessing. And the fact that they're even in there getting goals, Tonelli and Albiol midweek against against um, Udinese, both corner kick goals, both with their head. You know, now Koulibaly does it in the dying minutes against the first place Juventus to come from within one point for Scudetto with four matches left. With Juventus still play Inter and Roma. I mean, the magnitude of the goal, I can't even, like, there's nothing I can say to to correctly describe the importance of Khalidou Koulibaly to this team right now. <laughs> and and I, I'm getting choked up <laughs> thinking about it, honestly. What drives me nuts is Juventus, they have one job on a corner kick. It's Koulibaly and, well, as Frank and I say, 10 midgets on the on the pitch. I mean, one guy really is going to get to this ball, and it's Koulibaly. Now, you watch the play as, it, as it's lining up. Koulibaly is actually standing like towards the edge of the box, like at the top of the box. Uh, he's like out of the out of the way, and he makes a great run in there. And Callejon makes a great pass, and they, they you know, the, the pass finds him under the head. Boom! There's no way this, that shot's going to get stopped. Uh, but it was an all-around great play by both, like you said, Callejon and, and Koulibaly with an emphatic finish. He could have easily shot it over the bar, or missed it, or whatever, or shot it into somebody, and he didn't. He did what he had to do, and he scored a goal. And I remember when I saw that goal went in, I was yelling, "I was like, oh my god, look at he just scored! What? Oh my gosh!" And I, I have no, I have no stake in the game. So uh, it was definitely a great goal in that game. Uh, that for that to happen, for that player to do it, uh, it's just great for you guys uh, to get that point. I, I know it sucks for Juventus. Uh, now they lose their second game of the season at home. That's the, that's the first time that's happened in four years. Uh, and like I said earlier, you know, the, 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 the job that you guys did defensively against Juventus allowed them no shots on target. That's the first time that's happened since the, since the, the Jay Stadium opened in 2011-2012. Kola Dukuli Bali, I mean, shutting down Iguain. I mean, I know he did score in the first, the first time you guys played earlier this year, but uh, what a shutdown player. He shuts down everybody. That's what he does. Uh, if uh, There's very... there's. I, I I I bet anyone to or I challenge anyone to, to to find me a better defender this year in Syria than Kalidou Koulibaly. He he's been the best player, you know, both you know with his timely goals, but also his shutdown of the of the top scorers in the league. Um, not many guys have uh, found back in the net when he's when he's been back there. You know, and and you know, one can wonder. And I was thinking about this while you were talking there. One can wonder what what could have been had Kilini not been forced out of the game so early. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a that's a huge, huge loss back there. And sh- sh- had they had Kilini, you could bet that he would be the one sticking it to to Koulibaly, and it could have gone the other way. He's just as good in the air as Kalidou Koulibaly. So, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. A little, a little older, a little less, you know, a little less, you know, in the muscular department, maybe. But he's he's the guy who would who would be able to muscle, you know, to out muscle Koulibaly. On a, on a on a situation like that, and him not being there was huge. So I I do have to say also, you know, you mentioned Juve not having a shot on goal. It seemed to me at a certain point of the match where that Juve were playing for the point. Yeah. You know, if if they get out of there, if they get out of there with a draw, that's a win for Juve because now you're four points back, you're four points in front, with four matches left, and Napoli would have to win out and Juve drop points in two matches instead of one. So. You know, at that point in the game, I, I really felt like they were they were playing for the point. Maybe with the last fifteen minutes of the match, you know, it seemed to me that they were just kind of like trying to sit back there. But you know, <laughs> Napoli showed up, man. It's, it's not a, this is not a game to be 
trying stuff. It's, a, like it's that, about time know? that Sari wins a big game, uh, and it's a great time to do it, too, against Juventus and, and an all-important Scudetto race. Um, let's look at the remaining schedule for both these teams. For Juventus, it's, it's a daunting one uh, compared to Napoli's. Uh, they go at Inter next week, then they, then they host Bologna, go at Roma, and then host Verona. Uh, yeah, host, uh, host Verona. Uh, you guys on the flip side, uh, you got... Uh, you're at Fiorentina, home to Torino, at Sampdoria, which is which is never easy. And then last last week you got Crotone, uh, which hey, the way they're playing right now, that's a good team. But uh, if you look at the two schedules, Juve's got the harder one. Juve's got the harder one. Um, take nothing away from Napoli's schedule. Uh, between the two, Juve's harder, but Napoli do have to play Fiorentina, which they got a nil-nil draw at the San Paolo. Yep. Um, they have to play Torino. Who I mean, they beat up, but you know, you never know. They have to play Sampdoria, and uh, like you said, they're never easy, especially at home. Um, it's like which which Sampdoria are you gonna get this week? You know, Jekyll and Hyde, Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, yeah, and then Crotone are in a relegation battle. So I, I was going to mention how hard Juve's schedule is because they've got to play Inter next week who are fighting for the Champions League. That situation between Roma, Lazio, and Inter hasn't changed in a couple of weeks. Everybody's won. So so there's still one point out of the of, of the Champions League. So, no, no, I'm sorry. Lazio is, is out of the Champions But still, they need the points for the Champions League. Uh, who was it that they play after, after Inter? Again? They play Bologna. And then actually after Bologna. Bologna, they play Milan in the Coppa Italia and then Roma. Let's not forget, they still have that midweek game that they have to play. And if you look back at games that they have midweek, they had a midweek match against Atalanta that they had to make up on, on the 17th of March, which is actually my birthday oh. as well. So I was hoping for I was hoping for a birthday present. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that midweek that they had to play... Uh, I'm sorry. The, the, that wasn't my that wasn't my birthday. That was on the 14th. The 17th was my birthday. That was a spa match. That was a birthday present. For me. <laughs> like, you know, my head is in a thousand places. But spa was the match that they had to play after the midweek match, and they ended up drawing nil nil to a team who needed points because they're struggling in relegation. Go back and look at this week. They had to play the midweek match. Uh, that was the midweek match uh, between Cortone. They had to play the week, the you know they played against Sampdoria right three nil. They played that midweek, so I feel like when there's a pattern where there's a midweek game, they're gonna falter somewhere, and they're faltering to these teams who need these points. Now you've got Milan midweek on the ninth, and then you've got Roma at the weekend, where Roma will by then know if they're in the final yeah. of the Champions League or not. And if they're not, they need those points. Well, they need them anyway because if they if they lose the Champions League final. And they're out. finishing fifth, exactly. they're out of the Champions League. So regardless, they need the points as well because that fight's not going anywhere. That that dog race. Then you have Inter and Lazio who play against each other at the end of the, at the end of the season. So that's a huge match. They're going to want to be ahead of them so that that match is for the Champions League. I mean, it's all chaos. it all comes down to it's chaos, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Now, you know, as a Napoli fan. I really, really hope we can pull it off. Obviously, but as a new, like, like in a neutral perspective, this is one of the greatest Serie A seasons. Yeah, I can't remember something so with and so many races all around the table. It's 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 crazy. And Juve, Juve do have it difficult, but let's not forget that they're Juve. They're the six-time yeah, reigning defending, exactly. you know, 
champions of Italy, three straight Coppa Italia. They can go for their fourth straight double. It's another motivation. But I really feel, and I didn't, I wasn't of this opinion before, but Kenny uh, um, from Sempre actually really did convince me that Juve are rattled since losing the Champions League. It's the one title that eluded yeah. them all these years. And for them not to be able to get it for Gigi, you know, get this one for Gigi, or, or you know, come so close to coming back like Roma did the day before, just to be shot down right in the last minute. I really feel like now, I, again, like I said, I wasn't of the opinion. I was of the opinion that they'd come out of that with... Well, they had know, the big win against Sampdoria. Like a bull in a china shop. Yeah, exactly. And then they had the win against Sampdoria, and I said, oh no, here we go. Then they took the lead against Crotone, which was right. expected. Then we were losing, and I was like, this is it. But the turn of events have been amazing. And and I'll tell you what, I really would be you know, surprised if Juve come, come back from all of this and win the next four. I think they will drop points to one of those two teams, Roma or Inter. And um, I, I honestly like like a non-biased feeling, not prediction, <laughs> prediction, but feeling. Feelings are that Napoli are going to win this. Scudetto. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, and it, it it's very well conceivable that Napoli or Napoli Juventus could walk away with no titles this year, no Champions League. Obviously, they could lose a Scudetto and then maybe lose Coppa Italia to Milan. It could happen. I'm not saying it will happen. Uh, they're on for the double right now. Mention 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 that today at at the at the on the Sempre podcast. I said, wouldn't it be something? If Napoli won the Scudetto and Juve won, it would be a biggest disappointment for them by far. And I mean, you know, and then it comes down to, you know, how much money did you spend on Iguain? How much money did yeah. you spend on Pjanic two seasons ago? And what was the reason for it? Sole reason, honestly, in my opinion, my opinion is that they needed to do that to win the Champions yeah. League. And they made the Champions League final with them last season. You know, that to me was like, okay. Uh, you know, Champions League loss in the final failure to me, and they wanted n- n- they would stop at nothing to get to the Champions League final again this season and win it. And I really feel like they're just ultra disappointed about it, and 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 it's gonna show in the next yeah days. yeah yeah. Let's Five let's days. see. It'll be interesting down the stretch. Let's look at the table real quick uh, before we move on. Uh, obviously, Juventus remain in first by only one point. They have eighty five points just behind them, behind one point. Napoli on eighty four, uh, going to third place. You have Roma currently at sixty seven points. Lazio, based on goal differential, are behind them at um, tied on points sixty seven, but goal differential is in Roma's favor. In uh, fifth place is Inter with 66 points. Uh, 11 points back of them. In sixth place is now Atalanta on 55. Milan dropped to seventh on 54. Sampdoria and Fiorentina are eighth and ninth, 51 points. And then you got Torino. Goalie down to the bottom. Benevento is still in last place, as uh, you may not know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Hellas are in 20, uh, 19th place with 25 points. Spal are now in uh, relegation zone with 29 points. Crotone are now out of it and tied with Chievo on 31 points. Chievo just ahead on goal differential by four. And then Udinese, like you mentioned, um, them and Cagliari are on 33 points. So it's a... Uh, it's definitely a crazy, crazy race coming down here. Um, so, real quick, uh, match week 35, the three big games, in my opinion, Inter-Juventus, Fiorentina-Napoli, Torino-Lazio. Um, I know you don't, you may not give a prediction on the Napoli game, but uh, 
Give me a prediction. Uh, that's fine with me. I know Kenny's the same way and, and James. So um, give me a prediction of what you think will happen in the Inter-Juventus game. I'm going to say... It's at Tancito. You see, and I don't even know if I want to give a prediction for that game, to be 100% honest with you. Uh, or give us, a, give us what you're feeling. <laughs> <laughs> because it has such implications, you know? Uh, um, okay, how about, how about this? Are Inter playing well enough to make it interesting for Juventus right now? They are, yes, yes, absolutely, they are. That, like I said earlier, they sh- they struck at the right time. They are... They are winning games. Icardi scoring goals. I really feel like they're going to make it extremely difficult. It's on the road. Uh, you know, Juve are on the road. You know. Uh, <laughs> okay, here, I'll give you, I'll give you two scenarios. I'll give you two <laughs> scenarios. Uh, Inter win because Inter win because um, Mauro Icardi. Um, is scoring a few goals and Killini is not there. Okay, and then uh, to, to be fair, let's say Juventus win if Juventus win if um, they show up as the the Juventus that they really are. Okay, uh, six time champions, three straight doubles, two out of three Champions League finals, you still can't take away the fact that Juventus are the team in Serie A. Yeah. Um, I am not one to shy away from predictions, so I'm going to... Here's my take on it. Um, Juventus, they've been rattled, no doubt about it. They, they lost at home. They lost to their their Scudetto contenders in Napoli, and they made it now. It's a one-point gap. Um, they're shaky right now, but we know Juventus, they're six-time champions. Uh, they, they they come back when they lost to Real Madrid or eliminated by Real Madrid. They came back and stormed against uh, Sampdoria. Uh, so Juventus, I think, will show up. Um, Inter is the thing that Inter is who I can't predict. They're one minute they're brilliant with Icardi and Perisic, and the next minute they they get draws when they shouldn't. Um, I don't know what to expect from Inter. That's what they're the wild card in this. Um, if Inter show up like they're like they're capable of, I can see them stealing a point or three. Um, Icardi and Perisic and Brozovic, those those guys, especially Perisic and, and, and Icardi, they're going to be very important for for Inter if they're going to win. If Juve find a way to shut them down, uh, it's going to be it could be easily a draw, but uh, it won't be a win for Inter. So the key the key two key players are going to be Perisic and Icardi for me. And if uh, based on current form, I think that they're they're in their groove. Uh, as you saw, Icardi and Perisic have scored both recently in the last couple games. Um, so I can see. I am going to go in this game. I'm going to say it's going to be 2-2 draw in this one, which probably it's good for you guys if that you know, happens. Yeah, oh, it's great for us. I'll take a 2-2 any day. A 2-2 and a victory for Napoli sees up, uh, us up one point. So I'm fine with that. Here's what I will say is that Inter defend very well. Um, you know, they've only given up 23 goals this season despite, you know, 12 draws, four losses. So I mean, we talk of a of an Inter that's you know unpredictable and you, in, and you know, uh, you 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 don't know what Inter you'll get. They've only given up three goals less than Juventus. The crazy thing is, they've uh, the, had a lot of zero zero draws. Exactly, they've given up the same amount of goals Napoli have. And you know, of the top six, it's you know it's Juventus and then Napoli and Inter are tied for for you know the least amount of goals given up. So can we see a nil nil draw? Can they shut Juventus down? No, no goals. Like, like I mean, honestly, I, I really can't believe Napoli didn't give up a goal to Juventus. Uh, you know, and it's it's not every day that Juventus don't score a goal, especially at home. 
So, I mean, on the road, you know, Inter, I mean, I, don't forget, Inter have the fans behind yeah. them. It's, they're in the race for Champions League. I'm not going to give a prediction, but I can see, I can see a draw. I can. Yeah. I can see, I can see it. It's not an official prediction. All right. So, Fiorentina Napoli, uh, why will the Fiorentina match uh, be difficult for you guys? Because Fiorentina always kind of play as difficult. They're your bogey team. Um, it's never easy. It yeah yeah. It's never easy. It's never an easy task against them. It's always a fight. Um, Napoli will have the San Paolo behind them after this week. I can guarantee San Paolo will be sold out. One hundred percent sold out for this match. And when we when we have a sold out San Paolo, there's nobody that can stop us. N- not a single team on on this roster. Uh, you know, on on this uh, not the roster, not, on <laughs> yeah, this, I got on you. This, uh, uh, table here. You know, Juve, Juve did because of a mistake, but the rest of that match was a pretty dominant Napoli performance. So Fiorentina for me will will take this. Okay, very good. I'm sorry, Napoli. Napoli. I know you meant Napoli. I know you meant Napoli. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, again, unofficial, unofficial uh, prediction. I, uh, I, I. Will not give an actual prediction, but I just don't see Napoli stopping. I don't. I'm going to go 3-1 Napoli for that one. Uh, Torino, Lazio, over under nine goals. <laughs> I'm going to say Lazio 5, Torino 2. Oh, okay. Under, okay. Um, I am Lazio is going to score five goals and Immobile is going to score four of them. <laughs> the poker. Okay. Uh, that, that's very possible. He's done it a couple times this year already. So, uh, it would not be out of the question. And I think, and, and, you know, and, and, and I don't know who Roma are playing. I, I mean, I know you picked three games, but who, uh, if we can find out who Roma are playing, I'd like to give my take on that. Uh, Roma have Liverpool this week. So Roma, actually see. yeah, Roma are actually playing. I have the calendar right here. They're playing Kievo. Mm. See now, Kievo is another team who need points, and uh, they're they can be a very tough team. You know, you've got guys like uh, Inglese and um, 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 who's the other guy who scores a lot of goals? Felicier and Walter uh, um, Pearson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bersa, yeah. I mean, that's a t- that's a tough team when they want to be, you know. Um I can see Roma dropping a couple of points here too. And um you know, this would totally like like I mean, it's such an interesting uh, it's, it's it's, awesome. it's crazy. Every every game, every week something crazy. You know, when you think you have everything figured out, it, now the game happens and you're like, okay, I don't know what's going on. I mean, which is really why it really upsets me that that you know, and I, and I don't know if I'm st- overstepping a boundary mentioning this on the show but it really upsets me that being sports didn't show this match on the main network yeah you know the the Juvenopoly game I, luckily i understand spanish so i can watch in the spanish version <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well you know uh, the, i mean just the season that we're having to have the main event not sh- not available on the main network is, is is beyond me and and i i've tweeted my you know feelings about it and i've also made it well known that that has no reflection on the staff and the on-air staff of that network no yeah I yeah really enjoy them very well but 
Uh, if not, if Serie A were to land on another network in this country next season, I wouldn't be that upset. I was, uh, I was kind of pissed off. It was, it's kind of like a, it's ironic that um, I'm watching the Spanish telecast and it, and it says announcers, it says Matteo Bonetti and, and Andres Codero. I'm like, <laughs> oh man, don't tease us like that. Come on. <laughs> I'm, I, I mean, I didn't watch uh, in English, uh, so I'm not sure if uh, they. Were the commentators well, according the, according to the Spanish telecast? According to the Spanish telecast, that's what the English commentators were in the game. I didn't I didn't hear the English one, but uh, but that's what according to BN on the tele, Spanish telecast is what they said. Okay, so okay. and that's great because I like those guys. I really do. We've had we've had Cordero on our show uh, uh, once before, maybe twice before, and um, uh, Bonetti for me is a really cool dude. I li- I like him a lot too. They represent the league here very well. Uh, some people don't agree with me with that, but I, I will, you know, I'll, I'll say that they, re- they are very good representation of this league. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, a big fan of Bonetti. He's a, he's a Milan fan, so I love what, what, reading his yeah. tweets about that. And then, like, Andres yeah. Cordero, he's a gentleman. He's been on our show as well, and uh, can't say enough good things about him. He's, uh, he's a yeah. brilliant man when we had him on, so we, we definitely enjoyed him. Um, sir, I lied to you. I told you this would be a quick podcast, and I, and I just made it our normal podcast. Uh, so I think on that note, we're going to put a bow on this one, um, on this edition of Serie A Sit Down. We want to thank Lega Serie A Tim for the highlights and Opta Paolo for the tidbit for tonight's broadcast. Be sure to listen to uh, listen to us on World Football Index and All In Sports Talk Radio. Next week, we'll have a reaction to all the games, cover all the newsworthy tidbits that spring up on the peninsula. I want to thank Rafa for joining us tonight and being my co-host. Rafa, where can our listeners find you on Twitter? Rafa is on Twitter at RafaNapoli83. All right. So you can find me there. And um, what about the Sempre? What the Sempre uh, handle? Sempre handle is at Sempre SSC Napoli. Um, and you can visit us at uh, Sempre SSC Napoli.com. All your uh, original articles um, from myself. Um, uh, Ken with a lot of stats. He's a great st- statistician, man. He's he's he can find some some. Really I cool enjoy stats. I enjoy his stats. I'm a stat guy myself, so awesome, I enjoy his awesome stats. Work, awesome work. Yeah, um, James James has very good inspirational pieces. Um, Frank Frank Sidekick is an amazing amazing uh, uh, writer. He he he's very well very well put. Uh, he puts his words very well down on on a you know on an article. And uh, yeah, so check us out there. Uh, do you have anything to plug or maybe a song or a chant you want to leave us with? Now, you know, I, I did tell you that they, they asked me to sing. So, so I'll, I'll give us, I'll give you, you know, the Napoli, the current Napoli chant right now. Do it. So. Do it. Taro conte che tu non devi molare abbiamo un sogno del cuore Napoli torna campione oh I love it, love it. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, it's awesome, man. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Lovely, lovely. Oh, uh, uh, man, Ed, you just amp me up again. How am I supposed to go to bed? Uh, yeah, good luck. And you got kids, too, so you're going to keep them up, too. Singing. <laughs> That's all right. They're, they're awake past their bedtime right now. <laughs> it's all good. Well, that was Rafa, and you can find me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N on behalf of the panel. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tell your paisans about us. Ciao. 
Scriva sempre, stai contenta. Io non penso che a te solo.